Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is the 13th of November, 2022, and on today's show, a full slate of Big 12 action to get to. TCU books their ticket to the Big 12 championship game with a statement win over Texas. Kansas State throttles Baylor on the road. OU goes down to West Virginia. The Mountaineers finally clear the Sooners. Spencer Sanders, he's back, comes in to help Oklahoma State rally in their game over Iowa State, and also uh, Texas Tech back on track against Kansas. All that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Big 12 Podcast. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. Thank you guys for making us a part of your day. Make sure you subscribe. You can do that here on YouTube. Tap that bell for notifications. We're approaching 2,600, so please subscribe and help us get over the top. We are brought to you today by LinkedIn, best place to find the most qualified people for your job. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Neighbors underscore. So the story of the day yesterday in college football really was the Pac-12 and the madness we saw there. Washington beats Oregon, and then Arizona stuns UCLA. Really the only option for them left to make the playoff becomes USC. But elsewhere, we saw a lot of ticket booking in terms of going to the championship games. In the Southeastern Conference, we know that Georgia will be playing uh, Tennessee in the or Tennessee LSU in their championship game. Ohio State and obviously Michigan still have some deciding to do there. And also the Big Ten West is kind of a mess right now. But in the ACC, we know it is going to be Clemson. We know it is going to be North Carolina. So there is some ticket booking happening there. In the Big 12, one ticket is now booked. TCU last night with an un-TCU 2022 performance beats Texas 17-10 to in Austin. And... TCU just made another one of those statements where it was just about the ability to win in multiple ways, right? This was an ugly, dirty, nasty game from the start. If you watch that first half, you could tell, oh my God, it was going to be tough sledding. I mean, you just saw the way TCU was getting uh, just harassed the line of scrimmage. Excellent job. Pete Kwiatkowski and uh, the job that the Texas defense did last night was tremendous against an offense that hit some explosive plays generally, and they hit a couple in this game, but they were up to the challenge. I think really the other side, though, Joe Gillespie and the TCU defense, even without D. Winters in that first half, they held Texas overall to under hundred uh, under 200 yards, 199 yards. Texas was one for 13 on third down. They were one for four on fourth down and you know a game also where they were penalized more as well and they only ran the ball 1.3 yards per carry tcu was fast they were athletic i thought they were great in coverage quinn ewers clearly was chasing some ghosts out there 17 for 39 for 171 and an interception tcu was flying flying around on defense they were hitting hard and, uh, you know, I thought early in the game, they got that first fourth down stop on Bijan Robinson. It was not going to be a case of, you know, what's coming. And you just can't stop it. 
TCU in a very different way than most big 12 teams athletically is set up to stop some teams like Texas, not saying it's going to, it's going to cross all the way over when they play in Ohio state or a Michigan or a Georgia in that, in that case, but on defense, it's not like I feel like they're ever outclassed. If you saw the way some of those corners were were playing last night, guys, they were attached to the hip a lot of the time on Xavier Worthy. And sure, a few times he got free and guys got free, but Ewers did not make the throw, did not put them on target. And TCU has got the ability to make people uncomfortable, to make teams uncomfortable on defense. It's a defense that for most of the year has needed to take a lot of time to really get into the flow of things, right? To, to really, you know, get themselves going. It's always taken them some time. That was not the case in this game. They were really, I mean, really motivated. You could tell not to have another slow start on that side of the football. And luckily for them, they did because the offense did, and the offense, I'm not even sure you could say this was a slow start for TCU's offense. Texas's defensive front. I mean, they were bringing pressure from all over the place. They were in Max Duggan's kitchen, especially in that first half. Five sacks, and I think, I'm not sure if all of them did, but I think at least four of them, three or four of them came in that first half. They were harassing Max Duggan, and it still looks to me like Max Duggan is not, I mean, maybe he was just because he was not as fast as the guys in the field. It still looks like to me that Max Duggan is still not 100%. We mentioned that he had that calf injury that he suffered a couple weeks back in the West Virginia game, right? And so uh, is he full strength in there? Not 100% sure, but, you know, he's he's still in the neighborhood, and they did a great job making him uncomfortable. Second half, though, TC – and look, TC scores 17 points. Like, if you told me that happened, I'd probably tell you Texas won the game, right? I, I probably would tell you that that, that was that, – that was, you know, that's how this thing went down. But it, it was not. And TCU's offense eventually hit some explosive plays – in the second half, that Kendra Miller 75 yard run. I mentioned athletes a second ago, but he is a guy who athletically, you know, looked like he belonged in the field with the, the, the freaks that were on the other side. Quentin Johnston just found his way to the defense. And, um, you know, he was able to make some big catches in this game, not a ton, three for 66 and a touchdown, but that 30 yard touchdown in the game was the separator. And look, this thing got tight towards the end. Max Duggan drops that ball. They scoop it and score it. They go the other way, which I thought was, you know, you, you know, okay, this thing's tightening up just a little bit here. But in the end, you know, uh, Jaden Barnes, the way, was the one who took that back to the house. TC was able to move the clock, get a first down, control that line, at least towards the back part of the game, and able to ice this thing. And so Sonny Dyke's group, you know, we talk about like it's it's all about staying undefeated for them. It's all about you know trying to uh, to go to the college football playoff, and I think that we're understating you know these these other important important inflection points. Things like booking a ticket to a conference title game. TCU is going to go play in the Big Twelve championship game now in year one under Sonny Dykes. It that just shows you what, you know what a great job he's done this year. And even if they lose, even if they're going to lose the last two games, it'd be a massive disappointment for sure. But the fact that they, they're going to, you know, they were a 10 win team. They're, they're going to have double, you know, if they lose out the rest of the way, if they lose the two regular season games and they lose their conference championship game and they lose their bowl game. They're still a 10 win football team, which is a huge accomplishment, especially considering how difficult this league is. I kind of revisit TCU's resume Every single week, but let's just do it one more time. At SMU, 
Oklahoma, uh, number 18, Oklahoma, at number 19, Kansas, uh, home against number eight, Oklahoma State. That's That was good, Oklahoma State. That team was actually a top 20 team. Kansas State at West Virginia, Texas Tech at number 18, Texas, who was a seven and a half point favorite. By the way, another great week for your boy, four and one, starting to figure out the league a little bit. I said on Friday, I was actually on a, I was, was working big 12 today, like normal. And I said, I wouldn't be shocked if TCU would want, win this game by two scores. Uh, and, and they should have, but the way that it happened was just completely surprising. But once again, it, it revisits the point I made to start things off. Great teams find different ways to win by hook, by crook, by skill, by run, by pass, by land, by sea. I don't care. TCU figures out a way to get the job done once again in this game against a Texas team that was coming off what I thought was the best win of the Steve Sarkeesian era because where it put them at this point in the season, how their offense looked, how their best player looked. And I mean, the fact that Bijan Robinson got shut down the way he did tonight speaks to the coaching effort, speaks to the preparation and the way TC was come out and determined not to play in a way that they had previously. That shows growth, development, whatever you want to call it, en route to getting another win. I, I, once again, I'll double check this again. It's ranked win number one, two, three, four, five on the year for them. At Baylor's, a tough game left remaining. At uh, home for Iowa State, too. Can't look past them because of how good the defense is. But TCU, you got to like the spot that TCU is in right now. Kansas, oh, for Texas, we'll talk about them later on. Uh, this 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 day belongs to TCU. Texas just not all the way there. Like it's just not, you know, it, it, they they are trying. They are trying to get there. Ewers was, I mean, talk about like a rough night. You know, there's a lot to figure out with Quinn Ewers, and I, I think the conversation now, you know, about he's still a really young guy, like super talented, can be very good, but he's still a really really young guy, and um, you know that Alabama game does seem like a long way off from in terms of you know how, how well he was playing. Today's show is brought to you all by the Upside app. When you guys are making purchases and you want cash back, Upside is the best way to do it. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys anything, gas, groceries, or you dine out with Upside. Don't have to cut back. You guys can get cash back with every single purchase. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Once again, promo code LOCKED to get $5 off or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more with promo code LOCKED. Kansas State throttles Baylor. So I love K-State in this game, and I absolutely loved their chances. Coming off that loss last week, disappointing game, but Chris Kleiman is such a good coach. And you, th- I thought this group would be ready to go, ready to play, and, and they were. Defensively, I thought that was where they had the edge because, look, sure, you know, uh, Baylor's a really good team at running the football, yet generally speaking, yes, and they did it to, to great success last week. But Kansas State's really strong up front. They knew what was coming their way up front, and they were able to handle it all very, very well. 23 carries for 103 yards. Blake Shapin was 22 of 38 for 203 and two INTs. And that's what, something we talked about on Friday. If you could make Baylor, if you put them in situations, they have to throw the football, notice on Baylor's winning streak how they got the job done. They took the ball out of Blake Shapin's hands for a lot of it. 
They did that last week against Oklahoma. They did it the previous weeks as well. And he is a turnover prone guy. We saw it once again, that, that bared fruit in this game. He was the worst, of the quarterbacks, which gets to the offensive side. And the one big key for Kansas state, take care of the football. Baylor had forced 10 turnovers in their previous three games to get on that winning streak, right? To, to get where they are. That was not sustainable, especially against a team like Kansas State that has been very good, save last week, in taking care of the football. Martinez goes down with the injury, and then Will Howard comes in. And I have to, I have to 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 apologize to Will Howard. Um, he is so clearly a and I'm, I'm wearing the K-State stuff today. So shout out to Kansas State and the fans. He is clearly, clearly a different player than he was, you know, last year, the year, year before. I know guys get older, but like he has taking leaps and bounds. I know they wanted to redshirt him, and I know he's played what? I uh, didn't get the game log up here. He's played three games, so I, you know he could get one more in there, and you could redshirt him. But this is a kid that's really difficult to keep off the field. He's got let's see. So he had the COVID year was his first year. He played last year, and then this year too. So. Technically speaking, Will Howard, you know, right now, if he he stopped playing, would have another two years of eligibility. Actually, he'd have three years of eligibility because he's got his COVID year. So that year doesn't count. He played last year and they'd register him this year. So he's already been in college for three. He can get an additional three three years uh, of playing if you add in the red shirt too. It is that time of the week once again for the Nissan Thrilling Moment. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments where we highlight the most exciting play from the week before in the Big 12. Usually give you guys one or two. This week, Casey Legg, game-winning field goal against Oklahoma for the Mountaineers. Also, we will go with Kendra Miller, 75-yard touchdown against the Texas Longhorns to help put TCU up two scores and up for good. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in an all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. You know, I'm I'm not sure he's going to need it, right? I mean, he's got another two years, and with the way he looks, he's just so good at, at you know, making he's a strong, accurate thrower right now. Uh, relatively speaking, like for him, like he is much more accurate. He is much more confident. That's something that he's mentioned. You know, look at the game 13 for 20 against TC. Okay. A little rough at times, 21 for 37, 59%, not crazy, but I mean, four touchdowns and nearly 300 yards in that next game, this game, 19 of 27, which is over 70%, 196, three INTs, no sacks taken, uh, you know, no INTs. I mean, he played a really strong game. He took care of the football, did not give Baylor the opportunities. Their offense was varied, and they were paced in this game on the, in, in their way to, uh, you know, pasting. Baylor 17-3 at the half, 24-3 at the end of the third, and then they got the 31-3 to, to, fit, to finish things off. Deuce Vaughn was a casual 25 for 106. Uh, Giddens gave you 58 in the score. They ran the ball okay in this game, but the passing attack for them was good, and they were able to keep that ball out of harm's way. Seven and three now in the league, five and two in the conference, and after what happened with Baylor going down and Texas going down, Kansas State is going to be a favorite, I, in my opinion at least. They're going to be a favorite in both of their remaining games against West Virginia and against Kansas at home. 
And also the one thing, you know, we'll get to West Virginia a little bit here, but like I, if I'm a Kansas state fan, I'm not too worried about what I saw yesterday with West Virginia and Oklahoma, because really what, what was the key for Oklahoma or the key for West Virginia was using Garrett green against the bad run defense from OU. Well, that's not the case when it comes to the, uh, to the Kansas state Wildcats. It's, it can be a very, very good run defense and they were, and they forced a quarterback who's not comfortable beating teams yet to do it. This is a top 20 football team. This team, in my opinion, that's, I think clearly the second best team in the league right now and well on their way to a big 12 title game uh, uh, appearance. And right now, folks, it's hard to deny that Kansas State and TCU, you know, TCU's already booked it. Kansas State, you know, they're right there on that doorstep. They're so close to clinching that. Uh, you know, and I mean, once again, two more games left, but with the way they played last night and look, I don't think whatever happens, whatever happens to Martinez, you have to go with, you have to go with Will Howard. The, the I mean, I know he cannot run the football, but with, with the way the offense looked with him, you, you absolutely have to keep that kid in. It's not just a hot hand anymore at this point. He's just playing. He, he just, he's really confident. Things look good. They run well with Will Howard in the game. So I think you have to roll with him at that point. We had a first time. Uh, happen in this one. Also, Kansas State over seven, uh, six and a half wins that cashed last night. Last night, baby. So we're all we're all uh, happy about that. Uh, West Virginia, folks. This game was ugly. It was weird. It was back and forth. But West Virginia finally, finally beats Oklahoma twenty three to twenty. Casey Leg game winning field goal. And uh, I'm not going to change my opinion on Neil Brown because of one game. I don't think that's really what what the you know what we should do here. But they they made the right decision in this game by rolling with Garrett Green because and look, I don't know if that's going to be what you do next week. JD Daniels struggled in this game, seven for twelve, sixty five interception. But Garrett Green was twelve for twenty two, one thirty eight, a touchdown, but. 14 for nine, uh, for 119 and two scores in the ground. He was the key. They ran for over 200 yards, not like the most amazingly efficient game you've ever seen in your life, but they understood the assignment. Run the rock against Oklahoma and you're going to be okay. And they did that to the tune of 3.8 yards per carry. So once again, not anything absurd or ridiculous, but Green gave them that extra element and he was able to put them in positions and West Virginia closed out that game 10 nothing in the fourth uh, the fourth quarter. So their defense gets the job done as well and even in the game where OU did not turn the ball over, uh you know West Virginia ends up getting the win and look, their defense did an excellent job getting off uh the field on third downs in those conditions yesterday, you know, windy and wet. That is the key to do it. 1 for 11 were the Sooners on third down, fourth down, they're 0 for 2. West Virginia, 7 for 19, not great, but 4 for 5 on fourth down. Just a gutsy, gritty win. I appreciate Neil Brown's team not giving up, not, you know, not, not they're not, did not give in. But, and they wore down Oklahoma. My stance on him, once again, not really changed. Um, Oklahoma, that, that defense is a problem. It's pretty simple when you know how to beat a team like that. And their offense on those conditions is going to be a rough day. Eric Gray had an awesome day, though. Over 200 yards, two scores for him on the ground. He is a, he's an awesome player. He is the highlight right now for Oklahoma. But for West Virginia, man, it feels good. They're still alive in bowl eligibility. It's going to be a difficult task to get there. Um, but they are still alive. 
I don't think, once again, I don't think six and six should save Neil Brown's job. Maybe Shane Lyons, who makes those calls, does, you know, believes that. So we will see. Um, next game, Spencer Sanders rallying Oklahoma State past Iowa State. You know, I've got some, I've got some serious questions um, ab- about this. Spencer Sanders, you know, able to force his way into the game. I mean, they said he was available, right? They didn't want to use him. But uh, Mike Gundy said he just plays the flair and it's, it's just different. Like, you watch Oklahoma State play and you're, you're just amazed at how different this team looks when he's in there. Yesterday, they ran the ball 35 times for 57 yards. Horrible. And their offense has been really struggling without Sanders. And even with Sanders in that last game, but he was really injured. He comes in. He is so freaking tough. Goes out there, helps them pull ahead. And they forced three turnovers yesterday for uh, Hunter Decker's three through three interceptions. Their defensive line did a really good stopping job stopping the run. And um, they forced two fumbles. I mean, any day you force five turnovers, you should win. Like this Oklahoma State team winning by six and you force five turnovers is not amazing. But for them to stop the bleeding, for them to be heading in such a negative direction and to have this defensive performance, and it's a really bad offense, I know, but to have this defensive performance, uh, Mike Gundy said it was their best one they had all season. To have Sanders come back and get them down the field and throw that touchdown, I think it was Jaden Nixon, I think they caught the touchdown there at the end. Uh, for them to do it shows some serious character, shows they could stop the bleeding. I, this is the one game I missed yesterday. I was on Iowa State. I mean, if I had known Spencer Sanders was coming in to, to, to be Mo Rivera, to be Edwin Diaz, I would have I would have gone ahead and, and, and taken the uh, taken Oklahoma State. But tremendous win for them. They get to seven and three. Iowa State now needs to win their last two games to go bowling, which is very much going to be a challenge. Final game to get to here: Texas Tech. Back on track for them after winning against Kansas. I said KU probably going to recharge the battery a little bit this week on the road, a little bit of a hangover. I thought that played out in this game. It was a a 17 to seven lead, but things kind of flipped around there in that second quarter. And so it was a one score game, but uh, that fourth quarter, Texas tech had turning on the jets, Tyler shock 20 of 33 for two forty six but they were able to run the ball effectively. Four different guys run for touchdowns, including Shuck, Thompson, Brooks, and Smith. So both quarterbacks get you in the end zone. Thought Jason Bean was was fine this game. They had to end up turning to Vasco there towards the end. Uh, and Devin Neal had another monster game. But for them, you know, I, I think it's more of a waiting game. Let's see if we can get, um, you know, let's see if we can get Jalen Daniels back. I'm hoping come back next week recharge the batteries a bit and so we can get them back. And then for Texas tech five and five, three and four in the conference, you've got at Iowa state and Oklahoma left. They can split those. If they split those year one, Joey McGuire has his team going bowling. I think they should be. They're a good enough team. And also, you know, they have a chance to go uh, if they can get themselves over the hump here. Let's just say they even win the last two games. That's not out of the realm possibility that they win these last two games. That'll put them at seven and five, obviously, but they'll be above 500 in the league. The fact that opportunity is there for them, I think, in year number one for Joey McGuire is very impressive. So, about what I expected from Oklahoma, uh, from uh, from Kansas, just coming off that emotional win last week, and Texas Tech, you know, finally back on track, racking up over 500 yards of offense. You know, that, that offense, uh, 7.2 yards, you know, per play. Uh, you know, racking up first downs, good in the run game, over five yards a pop. 
you know, that obviously was great. The rushing defense them was not excellent in this game, but still they forced the two turnovers. That's what, you know, that they won by uh, two scores. That's what they needed. So big win for tech back on track five and five. Uh, I think we should see them bowling KU rest up, get ready because guess who's coming to town, Texas. And then you have the road on the road at Kansas state. So uh, things not easy for the Jayhawks. They're at six and six. That that goal is there, but they'll welcome in Texas next week. And uh, you know, three thirty on FS one. I'm pretty fired up that, for that game. If I'm Kansas, I'm totally. You, you know, you don't love the loss anytime, but you're hoping you can get Jalen Daniels back. Devin Neal is on a heater right now. They should be in really good shape. So I, I I'm happy with the outcome of this game because I, I don't think it, you know I want to see more Big Twelve teams make bowl games. So it's kind of uh, okay for all parties involved. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Follow the show every podcast and on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys subscribe, please. It means a lot when you do. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.